Welcome to day 31 of Crikey's Election Cast. It's Wednesday, the 11th of May. I'm Cam Wilson. The presence of Clive Palmer and the United Australia Party looms over any prediction about what is going to happen next week on Election Day. Credited by some with tipping the 2019 election away from Bill Shorten, the billionaire mining magnate is yet again spending big to try and influence this year's contest. So far, his sea of yellow billboards, television and online ads have dissed both major parties. But will that change? In a moment, I'll hand over to federal politics reporter Kishore Napier-Rahman, who spoke to news editor Georgia Wilkins about Australia's political chaos agent. But before I do, we want to thank audience members for listening. So we're giving away some free crikey totes, complete with a hand-drawn democracy sausage illustration. All you have to do to go in the running for it is email us at podcast at crikey.com.au. No strings attached. We're not using your email for anything else. We just want to give some away. Okay, now over to Kishore and Georgia. Hi, Kishore. G'day, Georgia. How are you doing? Uh, very good, very good. Always good to talk to you. Always good to talk about Clive. You know, I've got the Clive United Australia Palmer jingle buried deep in my brain now. The things I do for this publication to give well, me good content for the podcast. The, the Clive yellow burnt into our brains. Look, he, he's the wild card of this election once again. Um, and he is a chaos agent, as we like to say over and over and over. He loves chaos. He's a man of chaos. Um, <laughs> two weeks out from polling day, uh, two weeks out of polling day last federal election, he basically set a blowtorch to Bill Shorten's campaign. And this year, after months of urging voters to put major parties last. He's now preferencing the Liberals in key marginal seats. Um, So can you tell us how much damage do you think he can cause in the final stretch of the campaign? Well, you hit on that really early. Clive Palmer is a chaos agent and and his voters are maybe just as unpredictable, if not more unpredictable. There are a couple of differences between the Palmer we're seeing in this campaign and what we saw in 2019. Now, As you mentioned, two weeks out in 2019, he just starts this relentless blitz of negative advertising on Bill Shorten that Labor still to this day say depressed the party's primary vote across the country. Now, in 2022, he's not hitting Labor yet. If you look at the Palmer ads, they're really still attacking both parties or they're spooking the UAP's own sort of policies on capping interest rates at 3% and all that kind of harebrained stuff. So he's not got the negative ad campaign against Labor. What he has done in the last couple of days, and we've seen this through pre-poll, is that some of his how-to-vote cards, particularly in key marginal seats, so we're talking places like Bass, like Reed and Chisholm, um, are preferencing the Liberals over Labor. So they're directing voters to preference the Liberals like number three on their ballot paper. But the obvious sort of question there is, does that actually matter? Are those voters actually going to follow their how to votes? Now, sort of political pundits and journalists love to talk about preference deals ad nauseum, but the reality is that voters have been following how to votes sort of less religiously over the past few election cycles than they have in the the past. And UAP voters, we know, are kind of fickle and unpredictable voters. They haven't been researched very hard. We don't know a huge amount about them. But we do know that in the last election, for example, only about about 35% of them actually preferenced Labor, despite the UAP list uh, preferencing the Liberals in all 150 electorates. So in this election, 
He's preferencing Labor over the Liberals in a couple. I think Peter Dutton's seat of Dixon. He's putting both major parties last on his how to votes in all WA. Oh, sorry, he's putting all incumbents last on all seats in Western Australia. But in some of those key seats, he is preferencing the Liberals. Will that matter? Well, like I said, unpredictable voters. I guess we'll find out on 21st. Well, we obviously you said we know we don't know much about UAP voters, but what do we know about them? Like who is actually going to vote for Clive Palmer on the day, do you think? Well, look, there are a lot of people that have been disenchanted with major political parties, and that's sort of been a trope over the last few elections. This time, though, the UAP have sort of made themselves the voice of people pissed off about vaccine mandates, about COVID restrictions and lockdowns. And, you know, we saw those those sort of rallies that were in Canberra at the start of the year and stuff like that. A lot of those types of people are the sort of voters that the UAP are trying to tap into. Now, some of the research we have gotten about them, they tend to live in sort of outer suburban areas. They're actually a lot more sort of ethnically diverse and age diverse than other sort of populist right-wing parties that have emerged. Um, They're really annoyed about things like lockdown restrictions, even though a lot of all those restrictions are pretty much gone all over the country. There's a lot of disgruntlement about closed businesses, mandates and stuff like that. But another key point here is that from what we kind of know about these voters and these UAP supporters, they really, really hate both major parties. And that is something that's been reflected in the messaging out of the UAP so far, where they've gone hard on both the Liberals and Labor. Um, So, and I think that might be one of the reasons why Palmer hasn't gone, you know, hard against Labor. Obviously, he's a very, very, very rich person. He stands more to gain from a Liberal government. He's been a Liberal or a coalition operative in the past. So, obviously, he would probably favour a Liberal government over the Labor government, but there's this fear that he could alienate parts of that new base if he deviates too much. And you've sort of heard some rumblings from within the UAP of people unhappy about him potentially preferencing the Liberals in some of those key seats. So, Really, it's, a, it's an unpredictable new base. We don't really know how big of an electoral impact it's going to be, but it, it's definitely there. It's, it, it definitely exists. And, you know, like I said, on May 21, we'll find out just how much they've influenced this election. And what is Clive actually, how much has he actually spent this election in advertising? Because we obviously know, you know, he's a mining magnate. This is where he can outshine his rivals. Do we have an idea of how much he's actually spent this time around? So at the last election cycle, the UAP, Clive, basically spent around, I think, $84 million in the entire cycle. At the National Press Club, I think a month or so ago, he promised he'd be spending about $70 million. Um, that could grow, obviously. In terms of where that ad spend has been, a lot of it has been on Google. So a lot of those YouTube ads that you see before your videos are from Clive. And, you know, if you crunch the numbers, I think about $16 million of the $18 million that's been spent on political advertising on Google by all sort of political organisations in Australia since 2020 has been from the UAP. So that's why you're seeing so many of those yellow videos everywhere. In terms of what they're saying, that's been also quite interesting. Like I flagged earlier, a lot of stuff talking about housing, a lot of stuff targeting and attacking both major parties, a lot of kind of pretty vague, wishy-washy sort of stuff about freedom and that kind of thing. Again, dog whistling at people pissed off about lockdowns and vaccine mandates, but really no clear direction in terms of where the negative advertising is going. But there's certainly a lot of it out there. There's certainly a lot on billboards, on on, on highways around the country, particularly the outer suburbs of Melbourne. And, And definitely, you know, he's got really deep pockets and he's happy to burn it. Yeah. And obviously very targeted ads as well. So what what are the pollsters saying about Clive this time around? Are they taking him seriously? 
Well, at the last election, Clive spent more than anybody else and the UAP did not win a single uh, seat in the House of Representatives and didn't get a senator up. So, you know, how much of an electoral impact is he going to have? Clive himself, he's not the UAP leader. That's actually Craig Kelly, who is the member for Hughes now and is, is very likely to actually lose that seat. So strategically, maybe silly for him to not target the Senate. Clive is in a Senate race that pits him against um, Amanda Stoker, a very conservative liberal senator, Pauline Hanson, um, and Campbell Newman, the former Queensland Premier who Clive famously hates, um, who's running for the Liberal Democrats. So that's a kind of banter Senate seat right there. There's also, look, they might have a chance in Victoria. Now, Victoria could be a really interesting state for the UAP vote. That is where a lot of that disgruntlement about COVID restrictions is strongest because obviously Melbourne spent the longest time under some of the harshest COVID restrictions mm-hmm. in, in the country. Um, there have been rumblings about the UAP vote being high in sort of some of these outer suburban seats. So this new electorate of Hawke, uh, places like McEwen out in the Melbourne Burbs. And, and there are some Labor strategists who are worried that, you know, a high UAP primary vote, preferences flowing back to the Liberals could suddenly make those seats a little bit tricky for them. Look, I think McEwen's on a pretty, like, uh, it's about maybe 7% margin. I'm not sure off the top of my head. And Hawke is a, a brand new seat in what would be assumed Labor territory. So, that's really an area where there have been a lot of sort of UAP voters or a lot of UAP placards and, and billboards around. So really maybe his strongest sort of electoral, electoral impact could be delivering the Liberals some of those suburban seats on preferences. But again, even at the last election, there was talk that Palmer's preferences won the election for the Liberals. That's not true. It's only one seat, which is Bass in northern Tasmania, where UAP preferences were instrumental in giving the Liberal candidates the win. The real impact he had was attacking Labor's primary vote. And he's not attacking Labor this time around. But on the other hand, I would say that because of the nature of sort of disgruntlement over COVID, because the UAP have really tapped into that anti-mandate sort of vote and really tried to become the voice of that that, that part of the kind of libertarian reactionary right, they, they could have a kind of stronger primary in parts of the country. Mm. Finally, Kishore, um, so you've spent as you said, way too much time watching uh, yellow Clive Farmer ads and looking at the billboards. What do you think he actually wants out of this election? Look, Clive has been around in politics for a very, very long time. He's been around since the, the 70s. And I feel like every election we get a slightly different version of Clive. But the one sort of constant is that you know, he, he sort of seems to relish in, in being this chaos agent and being unpredictable in, in saying silly things. He's got so much money that he can sort of run these sort of indulgent vanity campaigns, um, even if he doesn't necessarily win. Um, and I think he relishes that a little bit. Obviously, a couple of things. Clive, being this billionaire mining magnet, has a vested interest in whichever party will um, leave the mining sector as untouched as possible and keep his taxes low. That was an obvious reason why he went so hard against Bill Shorten's, I would say, more ambitious tax and spend agenda at the last election. This time around, obviously, you know, he does want to win in the Senate um, and potentially get up. But but it's also interesting to look at the kind of things that he's been focusing on. So all through 2021 and really into the start of this year, all the talk was about, you know, resisting mandates, fighting back against vaccination, spreading disinformation about vaccines, all of that stuff. Now, that's definitely sort of what has energised a lot of people that support the UAP and brought a lot and 
pretty much what a lot of the UAP candidates have sort of joined up the party about. Um, and, and, you know, one of the UAP candidates I was speaking to yesterday was telling me that that's the real big issue that's, that's brought them into the fold. But if you look at Clive's advertising at the moment, it's really shifted away from that stuff. So it's really been focused on the kind of cost of living issues that all parties are talking about. It's his big sort of signature policy is capping interest rates at uh, 3%. And he hasn't figured out how he's actually able to do that, but he's saying <laughs> it's going to save your mortgage, save your home loan. So all his advertising is about that. He also wants to abolish student debt, which sounds like something out of the greens. So really, <laughs> yeah, a populist grab bag at the moment. Um Look, he probably there's a very good chance he won't get any members or senators elected anywhere in the country. But I just think he really likes the spotlight. Mm. Uh, he's going to be a true wildcard, that's for sure. Look, I think that's probably all we've got time for today. But thank you so much, Kishore. That's Kishore Napier Raman. He's our federal political reporter at Crikey. Um, and we'll be back the same time tomorrow. But keep an eye out in the meantime for our afternoon edition uh, of the Crikey Daily. We're going out twice a day during the election uh, and there'll be some great stories there. And if you'd like to listen to previous podcasts, um, you can find them on most podcast platforms. So I'm Georgia Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Crikey's Election Cast and speak with you again tomorrow. That was Kishore Napier-Raman, our federal politics reporter, speaking to news editor Georgia Wilkins about Australia's political chaos agent Clive Palmer and his United Australia Party. Thank you, as always, for listening to Crikey's Election Cast. A reminder that if you want to get a free Crikey tote bag with a with a really groovy democracy sausage illustration, just email us at podcast at crikey.com.au. Again, not going to use your email for anything untoward, just want to give some away. And don't forget, you can go to crikey.com.au for around-the-clock coverage of the election and more. Okay, we'll be back with you tomorrow.